Ladies and gentlemen, Phil, Babs and Jay Tabs, welcome to Worldie. Andy Roberts. It's, right. it's a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And I've just come back from an another, yet another last minute unbelievable scenes winner for the Royals. Yeah, I'm afraid you're not going to get that much enthusiasm from this time. Well, table, you afraid. should be happy. No, I don't think you even know what happened. I don't game, even do know you? what happened to no. Oxford. No. I'm afraid I don't, but I'm going to tell you what the fuck happened at the yeah. Medeski. And again, you can talk. You're not going to get much out of me, I'm oh afraid. Oh my God. So, yet again, so we had the game last week at Ipswich where we were leading for most of the game. Ipswich came back and then Reading scored a late winner. Today, it was even, it was another level. You were talking about the Charlton game last time. Well, we've had our own now because we were 2-1 down in the 89th minute and came back to win the game 3-2 with a Yakum 80 97th minute glancing header from a corner. Cue absolute scenes, uh, including... uh, I think everybody on the team getting booked for celebrating. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and that, that does because you and I were discussing the um, your your Ipswich game, yeah. where you were talking about how 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 incredible that, yes. that was, um, and I, and and I didn't want to outdo you by talking about the Charlton <laughs> game. But when you when you're going in, you think you you're you're losing a game, and yeah. then. Like in the dying minutes, you scrape an equaliser. You're thinking, well, you know, we're going away thinking a draws draw that feels We've like got a away victory. With it, yeah, um, and then you get that winner is even better. And the last time that happened to us in, in that dramatic fashion was away to uh, to Charlton. And um, incidentally, the the Charlton athletic manager at that time was a man called Carl Robinson. Um, Strangely some, prescient. Some somebody whose team apparently liked conceding fucking late goals. Oh dear. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So. Anyway, so given all of the stuff that's been going on the last few weeks, we talked about these three games being really, really big. Rotherham, Ipswich, Wigan. Uh, We wanted to get probably six points from those. We got seven. So we got the draw against Rotherham and then two back-to-back, first back-to-back wins since, I think, December of 2017. That's It's it's interesting because prior to today, we got two back-to-back wins. That's our first back-to-back wins since April last year. We haven't had three um, since... Um, Pep Clotet was in it's so, yeah, 2017 like it would have been supporting shit team yeah it really is <laughs> so I'm going to drink in the glory of that victory uh, it was quite something and so after that and due to other results that have happened across the country we've gone from being uh, in the bottom three uh, maybe five weeks ago now we're in 19th place three whole spots above the relegation zone who'd have thought it um, well, do you know what? Probably us. I mean, well, certainly <laughs> yeah. me. I mean, just I mean, just having having heard what having heard your discussions over the last however however long, um, given that you that, that your manager your, your owners made or you know your, your your senior people at the club made the decision to to sack the manager yeah. uh, in a positive way, went a positive way about the recruitment and in, in, in recruited somebody positively, and then gave them in January. To exactly. make, to, and, I think and, and to actually make a difference and actually completely restructure and that the word restructure was a word that I was 
I mm. was using before January about Oxford. Yeah. And you said, actually, you know, you probably only need to do a bit of tidying up here and there, a couple of extra players, you might be enough. You've got a, a wholesale yeah. restructure yeah. Um, and it's now starting to pay dividends. It's timing, isn't it? I yeah. mean, we spoke about it before, but the timing of making those decisions and now, like, it's really easy to give the club, like the nebulous concept of the club, a hard time mm-hmm. for when yeah. things aren't going right. Yeah, yeah. But, Today, yes, you've got to look at the individual players and the manager for doing a great job of getting that result. But these results are are because of that effort. It mm-hmm. was because they took difficult decisions during the season and took a huge risk. But that's why it's paying off now. If we'd have carried on down the road we were going, we'd have been scraping one point every three games or whatever it was. Yeah. And we'd be right back down there. But they took the risk. And holy shit, has it paid off. I, I, don't, I haven't worked out the points yet, but it's something like... 14 points, maybe 13 points since Jose Gomez took over in 13 games or something. No, it must be more than that. It'd be more than that, 15, maybe, 15, 16. And that is huge. It's huge. It's what's going to save us at the end of the day. I think now, you know, it's what's going to save us. And I've already started planning. I (laughs) I was on the bus on the way back. And, you know, we generally, one thing we do have in common is our hatred of twats on the internet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> and I often get very annoyed with these guys, the, su- the super angry fans. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's a few that after every single game, regardless of what's going on, are just slagging off the club. I'm already planning a long session of the day that we survive, for the day that we're mathematically safe. I'm going to pick out all those bastards and retweet all of their fucking negative comments. Yeah, although I will, I will, and I use a caveat that a little bit on the basis that that you're still celebrating scraping out of relegation. Damn so right I am. That, no, no, but no, but what I mean is that's not a good... That, I mean, if, if, that, if that's... what Their, their argument to that would be that, that long-term... That, oh, we should be that, winning the Champions League. Well, no, 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 but no, but, but, but they're, they're not happy with supporting a football club that is fighting ah, relegation. Yeah. And, that is, and that, is that, that is their perspective. Now... The the point is, is that you you do those things at the appropriate time and you make your points exactly. at the appropriate time. Um, and from what I can see so far, the changes that the club has made at Reading have been progressive and positive changes that they've like made. You're saying you're and supposed so, to be a supporter. And, well, and, it, but it's, and it's okay to hold the club to account. It's absolutely, absolutely right to, to to hold the club to account. But from from looking from the outside, Reading have made all of the right decisions in the past two three months yeah. that are having a positive effect on the football club. So anybody who's now slagging the club yeah, off, get behind yeah, it. Yeah, but because there are positive things happening. But until that point, so I, you know, you can't go back and pull out anything. Oh that no, people obviously. Were before, you know, before Christmas, when everything was no, that's like, true. I was probably one of them at that point. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I know I do agree, but it, it's it's exactly like you said when you were talking talking the other week. It's being a supporter means supporting your club, you know. And now it's easy. It's very easy to do that when you win. It's not so easy to do that when you're struggling, and that's it, the difference, I think. There is a difference, but but and again, but it is is absolutely important when the club is doing bad things that they get held to account. Yeah, and, and absolutely. You, and, 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 and and this is the thing: is that they will they will probably see them themselves as doing that. The trouble is, there is there is a certain brand of football supporter who it literally doesn't matter. Like yeah. when you were in the Premier League, would have been finding yeah, things yeah, to yeah, complain yeah, about. Right. Um, you know, we we had people who were 
who I mean, occasionally still see it now. Occasionally still see it now on social media and stuff. The odd person saying, "Yeah, I mean, I still wasn't all that convinced by Michael Appleton." You're, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! Like, like, like the best manager, like yeah. without question, who delivered the best season that we'd had in twenty years by a distance. Still not good enough. Still not good enough. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't convinced by him. So, so there's always some. Is that you know the fans who, when you win four 0 say, "Yeah, we spurned too many chances. Should have won six 0 <laughs> Like, well, screw those boys. Yeah. Uh, get behind your teams, folks. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, Wigan and their shit housery. Right? They we I've seen some nasty teams this year. Yeah. And there's a few in the championship, but oh my goodness, Wigan from the very offset, uh, shit housing, winding up players. You know the stepping on toes, all of the old, you know the oldest tricks in the book, like all of that shit, and. The glorious thing about this victory yeah, is yeah. that the goal that led to... Uh, sorry, the, the, the situation that led to the equaliser was because one of their players, they were trying to kill as much time as possible. And I would love to see the statistics because I think very little football was played in that match. Yeah. Probably like 30 minutes of yeah. football was played. Um, one of their players went down the halfway line, feigning injury, making a big, making a big deal of it. Uh, the referee stopped play because it wasn't actually a foul. So the referee stops play, all of the shenanigans goes on, and this is like 88th minute, so everyone's go- losing their mind because this is just killing time. Yeah. Eventually, it all gets worked out, and the referee, I think he's basically just had enough because there's a group of like eight players around the ball, and he's had enough, and he just drops the ball, and he's like, that's a drop ball. Yeah. You deal with it, basically. The Wigan player dismissively just kind of flicks it with his foot, and the Reading player pops it out back to the centre-back, and it's like, right, game's playing now. And the players all of a sudden are like, oh, fuck, we better start playing some football. Two passes later, it goes to Mo Barrow about 30 yards out. He takes two paces and slams it in the back of the Brilliant. net. It was fucking fantastic because it was a goal from nothing, absolutely nothing. And it was a result of their shitty attitude, yeah. basically, yeah. and their lack of willingness to get down and play football. And I do understand that we have lost games in the past because of our lack of ability to kill matches. Yeah, But there is definitely a fine line between between being canny and closing out a football match to refusing to play football at all. Yes. Like, absolutely yeah. just... Like, we don't want to play football now. We're just going to try and kill the game as many stoppages as possible, kick to touch, like, generally just fucking waste everyone's time. Well, game, game management is, is such a fucking shitty buzzword these days. But, yeah. But, but it is it is something that... Like everybody now talks about, and you talk about being better at it and stuff. But the thing is, like, good, and and, and I'm going to call it, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to call it as a thing. Um, good game management is essentially a uh, an art form. Game mm. management is, and it is to do it well, to see a game out, or to manipulate a football match so that it works in your favour yeah. is actually a skill that is difficult. Yes, and, absolutely. And so it, yeah. it is not. It is not as simple as like standing in the corner yeah. um, and or pretending to go down to buy yeah. some an extra thirty it's seconds actually, here and there. It's, it's actually about control, isn't it? It is exactly. That's what you need to do. You need to be able to control the game, and that is what we can absolutely fail to do. I mean, because of the way they were playing mm-hmm. with this really aggressive style, they actually never had control of their own team, let alone the game as a whole. And Reading were, Reading were very poor because we couldn't keep the ball. And we're also bad in a fight. So they've gone up against a team that doesn't really want to play that game. Yeah. And we're not really strong enough and our, our players aren't physical and angry enough to get involved in it. So I don't think they were getting the rise that they wanted for that to work. 
Um, and so in the end, it was just an incredibly frustrating game to watch. And we've seen a few of them this year, but this, I mean, it was beyond belief, the level of... of, of of bullshit that was going on the pitch and it is it's hard to watch and if you if I was supporting that team I've gone away from home fair enough they probably don't care what their fans think at that stage like whatever but to see your team actively trying to kill a match and having that be the thing that loses the match yeah oh my goodness yeah. that must hurt a lot yeah the the interesting thing like I mean I I'd be interesting to know whether or not this is this is typical of Wigan this season, um, or whether it is something that they reverted to on their kind of relatively yeah. recent slide. Like, I, I, it'd be I interesting know. to see because obviously they're you know they're fresh into into the yeah. championship, and so they it may even despite you know their you know their ongoing like funding. Um, well, actually, no, they probably on the off the arse end of their they parachute sh- they payments. Should, they're by probably now, having but, something happen, but so. but but they um but they but nevertheless they they, they may have come into the division and thought. You know, this is a fucking difficult division. We've got to, you know, we, we're not going to beat them by playing their game. So let's, I mean, that's a bit of a small, I hate to use this phrase, a small team mentality that you wouldn't expect from Wigan, yeah, who, are, who, are, who, are, who are well at home in a championship and were for quite a long time well at home well, in the Premier and League as being well. A t- like, a, like a go-getting kind exactly, of team, yeah. you know, a no, team that strange. went out and played football. Strange. Very frustrating. They had, a, they had a couple on the touchline. I mean, I'm I'm not totally sure about my seat my my season ticket choices because on one hand it's awesome being really close to the pitch like today the players came round to celebrate the managers it's great you really feel part of the yeah. uh, of of what's going on um but on the other hand you don't get to see the game as well no fine but today it was worth it because yes we saw the celebrations but also we saw the level of nonsense that goes on on the bench yeah. and i think it's getting worse and worse and worse every season you've basically got it seems like each each team you can tell me if the same thing is happening at cast but you get three you get each team has a manager mm-hmm. and then basically like two sort of like body men yeah. who kind of like hang around near the manager and sort of express his feelings to the fourth official yeah. so the manager doesn't have to do it. So you've basically got two lads that are just screaming the entire game yeah. and it's the same on both sides and the fourth official is just there in the middle getting screamed at. So every decision that happens, he's getting he's getting bullshit from one side because it shouldn't have been a free kick, and he's getting bullshit from the other side because it should have been a yellow card, and he's getting that in both ears all the freaking time. It must be really hard work down there. But at the same time, I, at the same time, I'd, I'd I'd fucking love it. I'd love it because literally nothing they can say or do that is true. has the slightest no. influence no. on anything. I don't know why and, any and of them are bothering. And it and it and it's. You know, it's almost a masterstroke having that person there um, as the kind of punching bag. Yeah. Because it because it removes the pressure off the actual officials who are making what decisions a job, though. in the game. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, and, I, and I've and I've seen and I've seen it close, really close quarters with Steve Evans in oh, uh, God, Paul, yeah, Paul Rayner, his, his his mate. Right. Um, who and honestly, it's, it it was vile. Yeah. It was absolutely fucking disgusting that other human beings would would behave yeah. in that way. Um, Carl Robinson is like that. Even even in games where everything's going perfectly well, he's in like he he tried to make a big play of like like calming things down, but he hasn't really. Right. Um, and then um uh Sean Derry is is ten times oh, worse than known. him. He's no he's a the... fucking scumbag. Yeah, he's known um, for it. He honestly he's a fucking really unpleasant person. Is he? Um, um, and and they've even got Derek Fazakli doing it, mm. and like you know, I mean, he's quite a passionate guy, Faz, but but you know, he's he's also kind of 
a bit of a friendly chap, but like, yeah. oh, don't get me wrong, he, he would got, he would, he would have been the fu- more when he was under Michael Appleton of the two, he would be the fired up one because yeah, Michael okay. Appleton, nothing phased that guy whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, but nevertheless, kind of, he's been dragged into that kind of game. So yeah, so the Oxford, the Oxford bench are fucking terrible for yeah. us. It's on, it's actually embarrassing. I mean, really the whole is. thing is a little bit embarrassing. I mean, one thing that saves. Well, Jose Gomez doesn't really get involved too much. He'll, it's very Latin, the Reading bench now, mm. because he's obviously brought in his lads, and there's lots of hand-waving and lots of incredulity, <laughs> but I don't think they're really good enough with the English-level offensiveness to really upset the fourth yeah. official. <laughs> because I think it's just, oh, come on, come on. It's like, it's like this all game. But there was one lad on the Wigan bench, I have no idea he was, big, bald fella. I don't know if he's... I literally... Uh, it's all been a blur. I don't even know who the Wigan manager is. But um, <laughs> well, they, re- they they changed recently, didn't they? I think so. This fella, not only was he going for the fourth official and generally being a bit of a bastard, but he was having a go at the people in the crowd. Brilliant, turning oh, around that, and getting that, stuck in the crowd. I quite like that, actually. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> so, I mean, all in all, it was full of absolute bloody shithousery and nonsense and. For periods of, uh, you know, for periods of five, six, seven minutes, nothing happened, you know, and it was, oh, it was bloody, it was extremely hard going. Um, and Reading were very, very poor once again, tried to pass the ball and, and no one shows for the ball ever. So it's really hard for them to get it moving. But somehow we've done it now three times in the last few games, come back and, and won matches we shouldn't have won. And I... It's extremely positive that that's happening, you know? Yeah. It would have been incredibly easy for us to have drawn or lost nearly all of these games, but but to win three of the, the last four, I guess, amazing. Uh, Paul Cook, the Wigan manager, and they okay. haven't changed him. He's been there for years. Right, he's the okay. guy who's their manager in, in League One and okay. stuff. He got the... Well, Fuck so, them and their yeah. disgraceful shit yeah, housing. Wankers. Yeah, so that was that's the end of that. They can bugger off back up north uh, with none, will. none of their points, and they can bugger off down to the bottom of the table. <laughs> there we go. So that was a fantastic day uh, for the Royals. Now I don't even know uh, the result from the Kasab, but by the look on your face, it wasn't terribly good. Um, no, so um, we lost one nil, eighty ninth minute. Uh, winner from uh, Gillingham. The um, it's very unpredictable what happens for Oxford every week. No, no, it's not. I mean, we we we'll win a couple of games. Everyone think <gasps> false dawn. No, everyone think oh, it's time to get excited. It'll be a false dawn, and then we'll then we'll go on a shit run. It's ha- happened all seasons, and I called it. I, I'm going to say in say September time. I think I called this. We're going to have these kind of little false yep, dawns. You did. You um, did. And oh shit, that puts you back in just, the rally. Just enough to kind of limp us on mm. throughout the season to make us think that actually things aren't that bad when actually they are um two wins and three losses from the last five yeah um so since we were last on um we won two games um back to back first two back to back yeah uh victories since april 2018 i think it is um they uh first one was our first away win of the season um great a brilliant uh result up at blackpool apparently a very good performance yeah really good positive stuff um 
and uh, yeah, we kind of neutralised them by all accounts. We had a really good following up there. Great set of Oxford fans went up. Really good, really good. Um, you, you could hear the atmosphere over the radio. It was, you know, it was all very good, very positive stuff. Um, so really pleased with that. We got our first away win of the season, um, and then um, we had Scunthorpe at home last Saturday. Yeah. Um, they Scunthorpe in difficulty. Um, well, I mean, they they've kind of recently had a bit of a shit run, basically. Um, kind of got dragged into it. They're one of the 150 teams <laughs> kind of yeah. suddenly suddenly found themselves in a bit more yeah. trouble than they were anticipating. Um, we um, fucking dreadful first. Honestly, we were so shit. And like we were looking at first half, we think fucking oh, this is this is classic kind of Oxford for this season to have yeah. gone away, got a really good big victory away from home like shit. that and then just been utterly awful. And honestly, mm. the first half was one of the worst halves of football I've seen in a really long time. Um, and we were really, really poor. Uh, second half though, and, and, and all credit to them, second half, um, we we were a, we were a much well, like after twenty odd minutes we, we we really kind of got some momentum going. A lot of that was down to changes that Carl Robinson made from the bench. Now um, having having signed um, so two of his signings, two of his five signings in the January transfer window uh, is starting to make a little bit of an impact. So Mark Sykes um, has now played three games um, and. It's starting to look all right. I mean, he he's the guy, the the second guy we picked up from non-league in, yeah, in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. So he's um, um, so he's so he's obviously he's still looking a little bit raw and a little bit inexperienced and stuff. But but he's having an impact, a positive impact on game on games, and that's good. And it was quite timely because Cameron Brannigan picked up a suspension for his tenth booking of the season, so he missed the last two games. Ironically, he missed the two games that we won. Yeah. Um, I think that's more of a coincidence than a, okay. than a cause. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, but um, but nevertheless, he um, but Sykes kept his position um, in the game uh, today. Uh, didn't want to change the winning formula, which is fair enough. Um, and so Cameron Brannigan uh, didn't get a run out today. Um, so Sykes is playing all right, but by all accounts, he he started pretty well today, but struggled mm. a little bit, I think, with the with, with with the game today, which is fair enough. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Jerome Sinclair, really pleased with him there because he suddenly started. Because like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. pe- people were fucking on his back. Like this guy, like. Whether or not it was the right call to sign him, and like you know, I mean, people were dubious about it because he's not had a great deal of football experience. Basically, he's you know he's been bounced around on loan. He's not actually played much football. He had a spell at Sunderland earlier in the season. Yeah. They, they barely played him. Yeah. Um, and this guy is not you know he's not a prolific goal scorer yet. Um, but we 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 brought him in. But then people started getting along. Oh, he can't. He's, couldn't a cow's ass with a banjo all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. give the fucking guy a yeah, chance give him a chance now 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 and the point i was trying to make is is that whether or not whether or not he's the right person to have brought in in an emergency situation that we were in um is neither hit well it's not either here or there it is you know it is indicative of the decision making going on yeah. um with, with carl robinson or potentially indicative if it doesn't work out um the but what he what he has actually done um, is that you know give well he's given him a chance to have a quick run out and he's picked up some goals he's got some, he scored a couple of goals yeah. um, and that confidence is going to do hopefully do wonders for him now whether whether or not Jerome Sinclair is going to Sinclair is going to work out remains to be seen right but the fact is 
he, you know, he, he's been thrown in, whether it's, whether it's the right decision to throw him in or not is, is irrelevant. He's now wearing an Oxford United shirt. You know, get yeah. the fuck yeah, behind yeah, yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. As an individual player, right, who hasn't had yet had an opportunity to prove himself, any misgivings you have about his appointment, you take that up with the manager. Don't take that up with him. Yeah. It's not his fucking yeah, fault. Yeah. He's going to take a job. Of course he's going to take a job. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Again, so he's... be a supporter. Exactly. Support your team so he went out anyway and he, um, and he so he, he, he grabbed a couple against Scunthorpe and they were nicely taking goals they were he was saying that he'd up until that point he'd you know he hadn't scored any scrappy goals he'd in training he'd been scoring all these amazing goals and he wanted to score some scrappy goals and they, yeah. they, they weren't really scrappy but they were kind of headers from short range um, so so that so that was really nice um, it was really nice we, we got bodies into the penalty area yeah. um, for the first time all season there's one point we had yeah. four people in the penalty area area nice. and we ended up scoring a goal because we had lots of people in the back. What, what a fucking surprise. Yeah. Um, and then the second goal, uh, we put a ball into the penalty area. Oh. We uh, a highly a well delivered cross. I know, exactly. So and so there are little positives there. And, th- and there are positives at the moment in that we um, with with the signings that that that, that we made in um in, in January, we now have a stronger bench. We now have players that we can go and turn to on the bench. So yeah. we're now looking at that bench and actually not thinking, "Fuck it, if we're if we're crap in this game, we've got nothing we can bring a defensive midfielder on." We now have attacking options. So 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 there, so there are positives in that respect, um, and that is what changed things in the Scunth- uh, in Scunthorpe game. We had we had the ability to bring Gavin White on. He came on and he made a major difference to the game. So so those are positives. No appearance um, from his willy yet. Not yet. Since that original no, no, incident, not yet. It's been under wraps it, since it, then. Yes, good. Just justifiably so. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he's um, so so little positives like that exist in that we 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 look we look like a stronger and deeper squad. Yeah. Um, and yet that Scunthorpe game, we tune it up. We still conceded a ninety-first minute goal, yes, so it was two-one yeah. and. They were we were under the cosh at the end, and so again another demonstration of of some of the problems that we've had Talk, all the yeah, way through the season. Yeah, talking about game management again. Um, and yeah. and I you know and I remember thinking it in the first half of that game, and I remember thinking, "Fucking hell, this is dog shit. This is the kind of game if we're going to stay up. This is the kind of game we need to win." Um, yeah, and. Yeah. And to have gone and got those those two goals, I was I felt was a really positive sign. I was feeling a little bit more kind of optimistic about things because of that. But then that just that conceding that goal just that just worried me again. It just yeah, worried yeah, me yeah. that that it's just just demonstrating we're in the, still in the same kind of position that we have been all the way through the season. And then so then today rolls around. Um, again, I wasn't at the game. You know, I wouldn't be sat here if I was at the game. That is um, true. But they. Um, we so they had a penalty. Apparently, apparently, we were probably the better side. Um, they had a penalty um, in the early start of the second half, um, which Simon Eastwood saved um, and, and really showing his quality that. once yeah, more. Absolutely. Um, then shortly after that, we have what everybody is basically saying was a stonewall penalty um, not given. Oh, really? Like a massive shove in the back of Jerome Sinclair by their goalkeeper. Um, the only person who thinks it wasn't a penalty was Simon Eastwood. Um, but, um, he, but he said, but that's probably just me doing the whole goalkeeper's union thing. <laughs> um, but but anyway, so then, so um, it was all kind of a bit, you know, we, we were probably the better side, not really making enough chances. 
same kind of problems again yeah. um, and then conceding the 89th minute um, and yeah, classic stuff from Robinson again afterwards talking about the um, oh, who's he blaming ref- this time the referee and the wind referee this time um, the wind mm-hmm. great um, but look I mean play on the floor Carl problem solved well, mate for a start yeah <laughs> I mean it's difficult because I'm really deflated at the moment and I've been really angry previously as, as yeah. listeners, regular listeners to this podcast will will will, uh, will know Um but I just, I honestly, I just feel completely numb about it now. I just, I, it, it, I, it was, there wasn't even a sense of inevitability. I just, I, because I, I thought we might sneak something out of it. And I think if we'd, we'd got a draw out of it, I'd have been pretty pleased with that. Seven yeah. points from the last three games, I'd have been pretty pleased with that. Um, but in one of the only other positives that we had, and this was a positive coming off the back of the Scunthorpe game, is that lots of other teams are getting dragged into this. Well, that's so what pro- I was about to say. That there's, there's about seven or eight other teams that were trying to li- trying to get relegated. Yeah, everybody wants to get relegated. Yeah. It, is, it is the fashionable thing to do. We are Accrington have lost three on the bounce. I'm just looking at the, the yeah. scores here. Accrington lost three on the bounce. Wickham have lost four of the last five, getting themselves dragged in. Rochdale lost four. The only team that's finding some form is Wimbledon. Um, who have got have ca- catching themselves back up a little yeah, bit? Um, nine points from the uh, from the last fifty. And, and Rochdale and Bradford um, still look, losing. Over, well, no, well, they, they both picked up a win today. Yeah, and this is my problem because they are next to opponents. Mm. Um, and so, if you look at that table, two, yeah. one of two things is going to happen, right? So we're three points off, like fourteenth. At one point, we were one goal off fourteenth today. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, honestly, one goal when we were when it was at nil nil would have taken League us to fourteenth, and it would look very different. So, so I'm not going to get too panicky about today, g- given um, how many teams there are there, and like just a couple of results could make a major difference to that. And all of a sudden, we're sat there looking, yeah. looking really, really, really happy about everything. Um, I, but I, I, I honestly have a horrible feeling that if we do stay up, we're going to be staying up because there are just lots of shit teams rather than us doing a positive job of pulling ourselves out of it, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, yeah. the, 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 biggest, the biggest concern that I have right now is that we've got Rochdale on Tuesday night and then we've got Bradford. Um, we, we're, looking at, we're looking above us at the moment about like all of those teams above us who could, could, could get dragged into it. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting we will lose both those games, but there is a there is a distinct possibility. Rochdale have just changed their manager and stuff. Um, there is a distinct possibility that those guys yeah. will also. So whilst people are bunching up ahead of us, they that the people you, start yeah. start catching up. So all of a sudden, we need two or two two or two more of those teams above us to to get dragged in. It is it is going to get it's going to the absolute wire this season um, without any any shadow of a doubt. I think there's a there's a huge psychological difference for the fans. And this must impact the players and, and, the, and the staff as well of being in the relegation zone at mm-hmm. any given point. Yeah. You know? So the small little victories of yes, we're outside the relegation zone by goal difference, but you're still outside it because you're like, if this happens on the last day, we're going to survive. Yeah. And so being dragged in there, and especially when you're playing your your rivals, it's it's massive, isn't it? It's absolutely massive those games against your rivals down there. And this is the this is the biggest problem um, for me is that. We, you know, we won two on the trot. We won our first away game. We won two on the trot. We've got a good bench, and all of a sudden, everyone's feeling positive. And, and yet, here we are. Yeah. And this is the yeah. same thing that has happened all the way through this season. Oh, a couple of little wins here and there, or a little run here and there. We, oh, we've avoided defeat for so all these wonderful, these, these little things that look on the surface like these, like like mini revivals. 
and and at no point have we been I think we were we were what we won twenty first at the moment. I think we were nineteenth once. Mm. I think that might have been the highest we've been in the table all season. Is nineteenth? I think. Um, you know, this is the, we we have done this all season. This is how good we are. Yeah. Now, it you know we we have strengthened slightly, but all of those teams around us all strengthened in January as well. Um, well, so, and when when in in like December when we were when we were talking in December and you were pushing. For for the club to make a change, mm-hmm. just as Reading were, were were doing it, um, and they chose not to, you're basically in a position where the where the club where the club is saying we're happy with how this is going yeah. to an extent, and then all of a sudden it's the end of the season. Now, and if it's too late, obviously, to make a decision now, so they're basically going down with the ship, effectively. So, but if it is a change. If Oxford do survive, somehow survive, is it going to be another season of this? Or will they pull the trigger on survival? Or will all of a sudden everyone be behind Robinson because of that? No, survived? no, no. People won't be behind him for, for survival. I guess you know, I mean the, the, the I guess I mean the club. Well, the, the club have been behind him from, from, from the start. I mean, the, the club, there's never been even any suggestion that he was going to get sacked. Um, and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. But primarily the big fuss that the, that the chairman made when he appointed him about how it was a fact that it was this incredible appointment he was about to make and um and it, you know it's all good. everything's going to be amazing it's going to be such a wonderful positive thing that isn't everything rosy in the garden everything um and then then the people that he wanted to appoint obviously turned us down for whatever reason um and then so he pulled the emergency cord and, and appointed Carl Robinson and out of pride, if nothing else, he's going to ha- he's sticking by him by saying no, no, he's our man. He's the man that we are, that we that we wanted for this club, and he's the right man to do the job. Now, the if I had to bet, I suspect, and and, and, you, and you know what, it's entirely plausible this happens, right? It's entirely plausible this happens. I don't think it's gonna, but but that what they're doing is they're working at that they've made some mistakes, and they've all acknowledged that mistakes have been made this season. Um, they said we've made some mistakes this season. Uh, it's been a bumpy road because they've been putting a lot of changes in, putting a lot of investment and financial investment in certain parts of the club, which has taken shade away from the um or to put shade rather on the first team and taking kind of like resources and focus away from the first team that's put us put us in a situation we're in now and that what they're doing is they're thinking they've done enough to hopefully keep us up yeah and if they keep us up they hold their nerve it's a little bit Theresa May hold your nerve kind of like you know keep bluffing keep bluffing <laughs> right until the very <laughs> fucking last minute yeah. and they are hoping that what happens is that we stay up whether by hook or by crook or by the skin of our teeth or whatever, we stay up. And then, as we were kind of alluding to earlier, the fruits of that kind of like confidence, those brave decisions are sticking by him, mm. will be that the club then can build on the, the background work that it's done with the end of 23s and the training ground and all of that stuff. And that will start to bear fruit. And so that, and that's what they're, and, 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 I, and, I, and I can Carl guarantee. Robinson's very own Brexit. He yeah. hasn't, he hasn't hired a bus yet to tell Not everyone yet, you're going to no. get promoted next year. No, but I, I <laughs> but I genuinely think that's it. That they they, they, they think they've got the right people in place that they're doing the right stuff behind the scenes. And that, that what they're doing is building towards like, just like hold on over, like try and hold out and then we'll build towards, a positive thing a positive future now 
Do you know what that might happen? And if that happens and we go on this wonderful, incredible... I'm never going to like the guy, but if we go yeah. on this incredible run, we, we survive this season somehow, we go on an incredible run and we get promoted next season and everything's all well and good, then then all credit to them and I'll, and I'll have my ha- hold my hand up and say, congratulations, well done, you've surprised me. You really have. Um, but... I also suspect what's probably going to happen is that actually we don't have the right people in place. We don't have the right setup in place. Our under-23s is a bit of a shambles, I'm going to be honest with you, at the moment, but might come good, who knows. Um, so, yeah, I, look, that's what that's what they're looking at. That's that's their viewpoint. That's that's kind of the way they're looking at mm. it. Um, I mean, I think... I'm just, I'm just rambling now, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, uh, he, they're not going to sack him now. They're not going to sack him. Now. Oh, well, they're not um, going to sack him now. No, and and it would be it, it wouldn't necessarily be the right thing to do anyway. To be one of the four shittest teams in a group of ten teams that are all incredibly shit mm-hmm. is shit. It is shit. <laughs> that's, um, that's my detailed analysis of League it, One. It, it is. Um, but but we are potentially shit enough to do that. You know, because because you know, we keep looking at this, we keep looking at look at all those quality players we've got. We've got all these excellent players. Yeah. How come? How come? Yeah. We we keep losing this game. It's because we're shit, and, and it is. It's because we are a shit football club right at the moment. Now it might be we're shit because all of we're putting our eggs into the basket of rebuilding the club, and actually it will all bear fruit. Impatience will bless me. It might, that might be the case, or it might just be that we are actually just bad at being a football club right from the top to the bottom. We've got great people behind the scenes at the football club. There's absolutely no doubt about that. We've got some great players at the football club. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, but at the moment, it is not pulling together to form any kind of cohesive and conducive unit. Right, well, once <laughs> once again, you've managed to bring me right down. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to have a little break, and then we're going to come back with some general football chat, because okay. there's a couple of things that I want to bring to your attention. Very good uh very good strike and I scored the 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 head winner so everyone is happy. Right, Andy, we are we are back and you've you've sucked all the fucking life out of the room, to be honest. It's, <laughs> hey, hey, it's not my fault. All right. <laughs> well, like everything, we'll blame Carl Robinson for that. Um, but I just wanted to, uh, before we uh, finish off the show with a couple of random bits and bobs, I wanted to a couple of shout outs. Uh, uh, yes, yes. I want to shout out to Fifty Eight Barbershop in Reading. Yep, a top saloon for getting your old barnet chopped. Yep, uh, good lads in there. Uh, they, there's some weldy pod flyers on the counter you can pick up, uh, and you can have a chat with the lads there about football, uh, and you can give Adam some grief because he's a Man United fan. What? There you go. That's the way it goes. Jeez. But yeah, shout out to the great barbers down there at Fifty Eight Barbershop, and also. So I was just going to say, yeah. that's one of the good things about being bald, is you don't have to go and have <laughs> your, your your scalp manipulated by a Man U fan. <laughs> Uh, to be honest, much earlier in the year when Jose Jose Mourinho was managing, it was great fun. <laughs> it was it was awesome. Um, so so yes, and the other shout out is for uh, Nightjar, the band that puts together our intro music for the yes. podcast. Uh, top uh, group, I was going to say group, but it's one man really. I mean, yeah. he's a he's a one man band, uh, and he will be performing at the uh, music festival in Reading, the Are You Listening Festival, which is going to be taking place uh, on the twenty seventh of April. Uh, it's actually really good. A bunch of uh, bands play at all different uh, venues around Reading, including uh, Nightjar, who will be there. So go to areyoulistening.org.uk, uh, get yourself a ticket, and come down on the 27th. Sounds like fun. There you go. So, I, do you know what I yeah, want to do? I do want a quick uh, shout-out as well. I can't remember 
Christoph, I actually did this shout out and I bumped into them uh, in the club shop about a hundred weeks ago. Oh yeah, you uh, did. So I did do that. But you okay, can do it again. I'll do it again. So Lee and everybody who works in the Oxford United club shop because they listen to the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I th- thank God I've remembered to do it, but I've done it twice now. That, that, that kind of makes up for me spending such a fucking long time forgetting to give them the shout out. Good so work. Hello and, to them. And thank you to everybody for checking out the podcast. We very much appreciate uh, the listens. So... Uh, one thing in uh, what I like to call posh football, yeah, happened, fancy football, fancy yeah. football, uh, happened the other. Oh, two things. <laughs> one that I've just remembered, which we'll talk about a second. Okay. First, uh, I didn't actually see this live, but I saw the aftermath. Uh, the Man United did a very Man United thing and came back to win a spectacular Champions League game, I'm, I've been told. Mm-hmm. Um, and this involved a uh, penalty that happened like in the last minute. So I watched that section on replay and it was quite amazing because once again, our friend from the World Cup, VAR, rears its ugly head and produces a quite bizarre uh, uh, ending to that game where... A penalty was awarded, would have been awarded anyway by the referee, I'm pretty sure. Goes to VAR, says a whole hoopla. The the VAR shows the, shows the dude getting hit in the arm area, elbow I think it was, with a football. Mm-hmm. So, and this is one thing that frustrates me about these handball addicts that are around there. I know it hit his arm. I'm a, I can see it hit his arm, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a penalty. Um, and so, yeah, the ball hits the dude's elbow as he's like, he's twisting his body around. He's actually moving that arm away from the ball. Um, his back is to the ball. His body is very slightly wider because his arm is where his arm is because he's a human man with an arm. Uh, and the penalty is given. Rashford scores a penalty and Man United win a famous victory. So one of the things that... Uh, it it was actually gone. It had actually gone out for a corner. So they they'd gone up, put it out for a corner, and it was going to just be a corner. Mm. And, and and then they were like, "Oh, hang on a minute! No, we've gone to we've gone to VAR. Uh, Why have we gone right. to VAR?" And then they were so they weren't even entirely sure. And they go, "Oh, my, wait a minute." It's a blatant handball. Uh, like it's like, well, hang on a minute. Nobody could I, tell I in real turn in real time. Um, and so, what were the live comms like then? I mean, I didn't see it. I've, okay. I've only just seen. I, I saw. I saw a, a kind of like a full speed kind of replay of the whole thing. Because it. Because interestingly, because like um, I saw a clip in super ultra slow mo. Now, I, I and, and, and looking at it in isolation like that, I looked at. I can. I said, I can see why that's given because he's kind of up in the air, and there's this kind of one point he looks down, yeah, and he yeah. opens his palm up, and it's almost like he's opened his palm up to kind of get to because he's instinctively just kind of putting his yeah. hand out towards the ball and then he starts kind of twisting his body away from it and and initially my watching it in that super slow-mo i'm thinking actually that does look like there's some like, intent o- there. over the course of two frames yeah and then and then it was well, it really was like that <laughs> and, and and then i looked at it in in, in full speed it's like that's fucking ridiculous. It was like a bullet from about mm. five yeah, yards yeah, yeah. away from him. Yeah. Like, like, there's absolutely no fucking way there is intent whatsoever in that guy. And 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 how how are we how are we actually deciding what is is a, a decision in this game anymore? Because yeah. because that footballer did not fucking exist in slow motion. He did not see that <laughs> yeah. in slow motion. So he doesn't get to move his arm out of no. the way or otherwise in fucking slow motion. No. Oh, Let, 
It's like, look at all that time. Yes, because you've slowed it down. It takes yeah. 20 minutes for it to happen. And like, and like they're saying, they're saying, fair enough, give the ref, you know, the, 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 the slow motion gives a benefit of um, having, a, having a look at it that the ref doesn't get a chance to look at. And I get, and I understand that side of things. But you're making decisions based on what a player could or couldn't have done yeah. watching a slow motion replay. And like, but the, the the player doesn't get the, the, the. It's not only the ref that doesn't get the the the, the benefit of slow motion. Yeah. The fucking player doesn't get the benefit of slow motion. When I it's think happening. a full time a, f- a real time replay is actually much more useful in that case yeah. because the real time replay is a bit like the Tyrone Mings thing. And this isn't this shouldn't sound like we are contradicting ourselves about two incidents because I don't think we are because I think when you watch a Tyrone Mings thing in real time you can see that he has yeah, time yeah. to move yeah, his yeah. foot out of the way and in this case you watch it in real time and the fucking ball pings at him and bounces off and I'm concerned that we are going to get to a point you know how how niche and esoteric football is now right. If we get to the point where every time the ball hits a player's hand in under any circumstance a free kick or penalty is given, you're going to have players aiming for people's hands, right? You're going to have players flicking the ball up to hit someone's hand. Maybe this is happening already, I don't know, but players actively doing that on purpose to try and win penalties. Well, the thing, the thing that's is, not football for but me. But the thing is, that whether that's the case or not, it's, it's largely irrelevant. You just, just apply the fucking rule as it exists because there is no way that was an intentional yeah, handball and yeah. therefore you don't give it. Simple as that is. Taking that, that word out, right? But they have but they're not. Even worse. They're not. They aren't. That 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 they're not taking that game out. That that word out. That word st- still exists in the rule when that Manchester United um, decision was given. Yes, the yeah, word yeah. deliberate was in is in the rule book. Yeah, so yeah. that the 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 basically the basically the decision that they come to having looking at the VR is that he deliberately did that. And again, I can see why if they only saw the super slow mo version, they might think that. But in real time, there's absolutely no way. Absolutely no way it was deliberate. There's no way. I don't. And it, yeah. And it's just. It's just. Um. The the thing that annoyed me a little bit is is that is that pe- pe- people are forgetting what VAR was for. Mm. And again, VAR's bringing in the the purpose of bringing in is to get rid of the howlers. The yeah. same same yeah. as it was in cricket and all of those yeah. things. To get rid of those really ridiculous decisions. Oh God, I can't believe the referees missed that. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're do it's being used in like. To, to the, and these kind of tiny little fucking marginal decisions and what it's not doing is it's not clearing up any fucking controversy no, which is exactly, the point exactly and and, and like uh, one of our friends on um on the whatsapp chat because we were chatting about it and he said well the right decision was made and without var we wouldn't have had the right decision it's like you think it's the right decision. Yeah, exactly. But everybody else in this group thinks it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So therefore, even with the benefit of VAR, we're still arguing about whether yeah. it's the right decision. That is exactly the point I made before the World yeah. Cup. There is no Mind point. back to fucking episode exactly. one or whatever it was. It. I said, the point with the trouble with VAR or anything kind of video is that the... Decisions made in football are never clear-cut enough. No. They will never be clear-cut enough. You can have a hundred angles and you'll still have different people arguing over whether because, or not it's the right because, decision. Because it's a subjective decision. Yes, it is. That's the problem. And you can't have multiple people making a call on a subjective decision. The reason that, that the video technology in cricket works is because it's entirely objective. They are just using technology to highlight whether something happened or yes, not. Exactly. But there's no opinion. There's no. absolutely no opinion taking on. The only time they ever have any opinion is for a catch yeah. with the fingers under yeah. the ball. And in that case, they n- nearly always go with the on-field decision. Yeah, exactly. Regardless. And that's one of the things that when they... The only the only element of it that isn't 
guaranteed fact, although yeah. there's a reasonable amount of science in it, or quite a lot of science in it, is the predictive element of exactly. ball tracking. Yeah. And so that's where, on the ball tracking thing, they said if there's any margin of it error, goes it umpire. goes to the umpire. Exactly. Because you rather trust a human yeah. computer, so which actually, is all the right way of doing the it. The technology in cricket is empowering the official. Yeah. Whereas in football, it's doing the exact opposite. It's it, doing the exact opposite. It's saying the referee can't work it out for himself. Here's four more referees. Yeah. Maybe they can work it out. No, it's... It's I it it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it doesn't clear up the controversy. Yeah. Um. And another one of our friends who you know we watched on the telly, he loves it because it because <laughs> it just creates drama in the thing. Yeah. And so for TV audiences, it's fine. For, but but it is creating drama for TV audiences. But for people who go to football matches, that, that's not increasing. It's the a drama. very strange experience. Yeah. We, we had it at uh, Man United for the yeah. cup game. Yeah. And a VAR happened, and I was like, I was looking around, like, what's going on? And we were just sort of chatting. But a few minutes went by, and I just turned around to John Matt. I was like, what's happening? And they were like, oh, it's VAR. And I was like, how do we know? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, to be fair, little bits like that can be could be ironed out by by them providing some kind of better fucking yeah it was on the screen somewhere i just hadn't seen it yeah but so that all of that stuff that stuff could be handled better but nevertheless it's 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 the artificial creation of drama which is not part of the game of football and come down to the madstad today you want to see some drama and you know what that 97th minute of winner of yours wouldn't that have been made better if you'd had to stop and sit there for three minutes and it would have definitely gone to var because it was a crazy moment and like you know that that would not that would have now the people oh I like the tension and stuff like the the tension of a wicket yeah. like the third wicket of the innings and stuff like that stuff's fun right yes. but yeah. the night when you've you you've had that unbridled like burst yeah. of joy when that 97th minute winner goes in it's primal it's yeah. never ending and it doesn't stop and it's amazing yeah. that having that wind sucked out of you oh. so whilst you sit there and wait for this kind of like this, this decision to be made and then eventually a man goes yeah that's fine now you're going to cheer again it but it's going to be diminished it yeah. all be diminished and the, you just strip out all of the fucking joy in exactly. football Exactly. Like, much like I did with my, my <laughs> rant earlier. <laughs> so fuck, fuck Carl Robinson and fuck VAR. Um, the one other thing I wanted to mention, this just came to me, and it was another it was another topic on the WhatsApp group. So uh, I can't remember what happened, but there was, a, there was a Premier League game and Liverpool, I think, failed to win the game or something. Sounds about right. Uh, yeah. And, and it came up on the chat, and all, the Liverpool, we've got a few oh, Liverpool yeah. fans in the group, were like, right, that's it. League's over. League's over. League, forget it. Let's just shut the thing down. League challenge is over. And I was like, and I went online and I looked at the table. They're one point behind the leaders. <laughs> one point behind the lead. And I was like, what a glorious life it must be yeah. to support a team like that and be upset when you're one point off the top of the league. Wow. That is first world problems right there, isn't it? <laughs> really, Fucking hell. I couldn't believe it. It's like, right, league's over then. That's it. League's over. It's like there's 11 games to play or something. Yeah, there's like, nine, nine games left. Nine games. Nine games left. Because Mental. Because I've, I've ended up getting myself in another, into another pie bet. Because <laughs> our mate, one of our mates said, like, I, can't, I can't see Man City losing to anybody now, apart from maybe Spurs. And I was like, <laughs> I, I said, I, can, I will... I, and, I, and I stand by this hard guarantee 
the Manchester United, Manchester City rather, will yeah. not win eight of their final nine games. No. Absolutely no. no fucking way that's happening. No. Um, and so there will be a window for Liverpool. They will have yeah, an opportunity. Yeah, of course. You say you've lost a load of people. They lost a Newcastle. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. It's amazing. But, uh, to be fair, uh, to be fair, to, to, to be fair to them, it was a it was a defense mechanism. You that's had a re- you've just come yeah. off the back of a shit result because yeah. Liverpool have been leading leading the way for quite a long time. And you, I can understand that kind of said, "Oh no, the tides change suddenly." Suddenly, when oh, you know, I need to lower my expectations. Yeah, exactly. It's a defense mechanism. I, I have <laughs> I have some sympathy for that. To to a point, but from the out, watching it from the I outside, it's, it's, it's I was like, "You need funny. to come and watch this yeah, shit." Mate. Exactly. <laughs> We'll take you up the cast for a weekend and you can see what's going on. Bloody hell. Right, and that brings us to the end of another another a roller coaster of an episode this Crikey. week. Uh, so thank you everyone for listening catch us on worldypod at gmail and uh, worldypod on twitter and instagram and all that stuff and we'll be back next time with more tales of of woe (laughs) from the north yeah and hopefully tales of joy from the south bye see you later bye (laughs) 